Good morning, sun. Can you hear me? There we go. Good morning, sunshine. Good morning. It's a great morning this morning. The weather is changing a little bit. We have a little bit higher of a temperature. So I know for most that means great things. For me, I like the cold weather. I don't like to sweat. So this morning, it's uh, you know a beautiful morning to come out here and be free, um, to come out here and worship, and uh, to love God and have him love us back. So let's get us started with a prayer this morning. God, you are an amazing God, dear Lord. We thank you um, for just allowing us to be here. Um, God, we know there's a lot of sickness going around right now, um, so we pray that anybody that is sick, um, that you give your healing hand to them, dear Lord. Um, just want to ask that you go with us throughout this service. Uh, I pray that you be with Jamie as he gives us a lesson, um, and I pray that you go with us throughout this week as you always do, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. You are the words and the music, you are the song that I sing, you are the melody, you are the harmony, praise to your name I will bring, you are the Lord of Lords, you are the mighty God, you are the King of all kings, so now I give back to you the songs that you gave to me, you are the song that I sing.
Scripture reading this morning will be 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can, cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. One part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. pray together. Lord, I just want to first thank you so much for this day you've given us all to, to start from now. Help us to not worry so much about yesterday and how things went maybe differently than what we wanted, but help us to be, to be ready to change in your likeness today. Help us to go on today and be yours. Um, like the scripture, the scripture said in the reading that, uh, even though we may feel like an appendix or a gallbladder, help us to realize that we can be your hands and feet and go out and do your will. Help us to be ready to change. Thank you so much for the answered prayers. When we look around the room, we see people here that uh, were sick and now are better. And there's a lot of folks that are on the prayer list that we're looking forward to seeing here again. Watch over us, Lord. Help us to uh, look to you in everything we do. Thank you for the people that... Uh, are willing to get up and say what they need to be saying today. Help Jamie to, to speak your words, Lord, and help us to listen. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
sunshine. We're about to uh, partake of the Lord's Supper again on this first day of the week and uh, one of the things that, that I guess I appreciate more and more as time goes by is it's a time where we can uh, you know just individually and collectively declare or proclaim our faith that, that we do believe that God through the presence of Jesus came to this earth and, and he lived and Jesus ultimately solved a huge problem that we had in the fact that he, uh, he died, was crucified, was buried, and then he conquered sin and death as he rose from the grave. And we get to declare that every first day of the week, and we're going to do that again here right now. And that's a tremendous blessing that uh, we all can do that together. To kind of guide our thoughts uh, as we begin to do that, I want to read from a lyrics from a song that, that's very popular. We've sang it for years, uh, but I just think the words are uh, just extremely powerful and appropriate uh, for the Lord's Supper. I'll read the first three verses. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you now recognizing you as the uh, creator of this world, the one and only God. God that is just, but a God that also loves us very much, and to the point to where uh, you, you, you fixed our relationship with you, which the sin had, had, had destroyed, and uh, you gave us your ultimate sacrifice, which is your son. Help us to not only remember that this morning, but every day as we rise and live our life and as we close the day out and go to sleep. Father, we pray that each one of us will uh, never take this for granted. Uh, as we're about to partake of, of the bread, which represents his body, just help us to realize the importance of this in our life. Realize what you've done for us and how that should drive our priorities and and uh, our actions and just our daily life for you, Father. We're thankful so much for this sacrifice. In Christ's name, amen.
Faith is a requirement in our Christian walk. We all know that. We, we, live, that, uh, we live that every day. We, we talk about it a lot. We teach it in class. We hear it from the pulpit. There's going to come a day where faith won't be needed anymore. And I love how the writer of this song puts it in verse 4. He says, And Lord, haste the day when the faith, faith shall be sight. The clouds will be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. There's going to be a day where we don't need the faith anymore. We're going to be right there in the presence of Jesus. That's a fact. It takes a little bit of faith right now to say that, but one day it won't. And we'll sure be thankful uh, that we're on the, side of, on the side of God and Jesus when that, when, that, when that happens. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for your promises. As we read through the Old Testament, we see that uh, you made promise after promise to your children through the generations. And you kept every one of those promises. And we know, Father, that you've given us a promise. We read that through the New Testament. And we know your promise is going to be just as good as it, as it was uh, to us as it was for those folks of old. Father, never let us lose our faith. The world around us pulls us one way and another to try to accomplish that. Help us always keep our footing solid in you. I pray that each one of us, as we partake of this fruit of the vine, which represents your son's shed blood, that it will yet again, at the beginning of a week, recenter us, refocus us, refocus our our thoughts, so that our actions can be what you want them to be. Uh, we, we owe everything to you, God and Father in heaven, and we're, we're thankful for the sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen.
Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. sunshine. It's good to see you all this morning. Good to be with you all this morning. Um, we're going to be wrapping up this series on the wonder of community uh, this morning in just a couple of moments. You know, um, we'll pray, but first I want to talk about, so far in this, over the last several weeks, we talk about wonder. And if you think about just being able to be community or connected, just that alone in 
the world today and the society we live in, it is a wonder of God that we could be connected. But it's not just that. There's wonder everywhere. In building community, our eyes, you know, it's important that our eyes are open and our hearts are open. And then we talked about the next week, unity with God, the wonder that we could be connected, united with him. We started the next week with it starts with me, that everything about unity and community starts with me. It's my move first. We talked about hospitality, eating together, table fellowship, and last week a place to belong. This week we want to talk about the identity of who we are. And I think this is what everything is, uh, I mean, other than God, it is, it is, this is the, the, the corners, it's the thing. I mean, if you don't, if you don't start here, um, if in, in Jesus, we can't get to community. Uh, it has to start with understanding who we are in him. Um, next week, Dave Deacon's going to be preaching. Sean and I and a lot of uh, and others are going to be taking our students to and Tim, 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 my bad, Tim, to Winterfest. Actually, Tim and Sean are going to take the students to Winterfest, and they got to keep an eye on me. That's kind of how that works out. And then the next week... Um, God willing, we will be going, some of the students and I, for spring break on a spring break trip. So keep those two weeks in your prayers. Um, obviously, adventure in both, spirituality in both, um, health, safety, weather, 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 yeah, all of that. We definitely would covet your prayers. So let's pray together, and we'll get moving with this. God, it's good to be together today in you. It's good to be together with family and friends and loved ones, Father. It's just right and, and of you to bring us together as family. And Father, um, I pray today that as we're here and while we're here, that you would be the one present among us, or you would be the one doing this part with us, Father. We uh, make this so much about the flesh and, and all things that are um, like pleasing uh, to hear and to sit through and those kinds of things. But Father, I pray today that you would minister to our spirits. I pray that you would go right after our hearts. I pray that you would remind us of your incredible truths and that you would draw us near to you today, that, that we're different today for having been here, that we're stronger in you today for having been here, and that the world is a better place because we were here today, Father. Help us not to take these things for granted. We love you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So identity, you know, um, when I think about, start thinking about identity, the first thing that I have to look at and, and we wrestle with with students and different ones we talk to, even myself, is I think about the labels we've been given because here's the reality. Um, you see yourself by how you see yourself. And there are people everywhere trying to tell you who you are. In fact, you have mislabeled who you are, but there are folks everywhere that would be glad to tell you who you are. Um, there was a long time I thought that my identity uh, was, was revolved around sports. I thought that the Steelers or the Reds or whatever team I was playing for was who I was. And we all struggle with those places that we wrestle with, you know, the labels we've been given. You're a loser, you're a winner, you're pretty, you're not so pretty, you're tall, you're short, you're whatever. And then you look at the sizes on the racks and you look at the labels on the clothes and it doesn't take very long till we begin to find ourselves labeled. Your generation, you're a boomer, no, you're an Xer, no, you're a millennial, no, you're a Gen Z. And the, and the labels just keep flowing and, and we buy those things. It's just so easy, our hearts are so open that we just hear and do. I'm a Christian because, well, why are you a Christian? 
Mm, I'm I'm an Ohioan. I'm a Buckeye. I'm a whatever. And why do you say those things? Is it something placed on you? Is it something you chose? Or is it just something that has identified itself with you? Are you a a Swifty, you know? Are you, what are you? I mean, uh, one of the country music greats passed away this week, and, and a lot of folks were rallying to, you know, um, honor him and all, and, and it was a wrestle with family and stuff like that. But do we not identify ourselves? And labels start flowing. I like country music. I'm sorry for that for you. Um, but I tend to not. But I mean, the, 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 you know, the labels flow. I like a little bit of rock and roll. I like a little bit of Christian rock and roll. I like a little bit of, you know, and, and then maybe a little bit of rap, a little bit of, you know. And so this thing start hitting you. What are you? Who are you? Are you conservative? Are you liberal? Are you just a heretic? You know, what are you? It's difficult, you know, and then you go to work, you know, and whatever you're doing is a career. And we're labeled by those things. These labels dehumanize us if we're not careful, you know. You just become, you know, I mean, what do you do? You're a doctor. You're a nurse. You know, maybe you're, I don't know, um, a cook or a waiter, Maybe you work at the plant and nobody knows what you do. But I mean, but the reality is you get labeled by what you do on the job as well. And, and, and if we're not, if we don't choose wisely, those labels become us. That's all we are. It doesn't stop there. You know, a school, you're an athlete, you're a student athlete, you're a mathlete, you know, you're a band person. You're just, what, what would you say? Well, you're just an everyday student who doesn't cause any trouble. I mean, all of that stuff starts happening. It sticks to us everywhere. Social, society, culture, marketing. I mean, you become, what do you, some of the things that just happen with that are so easy. easy. You're a consumer, you're a customer, you're a client, <clears throat> Zach. Um, or, you know, I mean, you, you, you just become whatever the label sticks. It's what you are. My, my name in a bulletin, I mean, I used to, uh, people didn't want to put me on a bulletin. It's like, does Jamie really, is really, we got to say that to everybody? And then it's family life minister. Now it's minister, and I'm not sure that even fits. I'm not sure minister to anybody. Just a guy trying to live, hopefully, in the Lord with the gifts he gives me. But, but even these kinds of things, you know, they all, they stick to us. How do you live this thing out whenever you're just a, name or a title or a label. And then you have um, relationships, right? Okay, so you take it from all these kinds of things and you bring it into the place where all these things change. Labels change in relationship, right? That's where everything changes because then they, we, 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 we make different kinds of moves. You know, when you're nothing to me or you're distant from me or you're just a, you're on the job or you're a student or whatever, it's easy to label from a distance. But in relationships, something else happens. Hang with me, we're getting somewhere. What happens in relationships are, you know, you might, you might give a nickname to somebody, not a label, a nickname. It's a term of endearment. We have a lot of nicknames around this place right here. You know, I'm, I was just talking a while ago to Doc. Why? Because that's his nickname. What is he? Well, he's a doctor, but he's not a doctor to me. He's just Doc, you know. He's just a, one of those guys um, that you love. you got to have him. Everybody, you know, that's close to you, they might get a Get, a, get a, a label or a name or whatever, it means something. A label that, that just, um, you know, puts you in a spot or compartmentalizes you is one thing. A nickname, a name that is a special name to me 
or you for me for you or you for me, it changes everything. You're, you're not your name anymore. You're just, you're this to me. You get where I'm going, right? So there's a little shift here. Some of my nicknames, if you, if you know me well, and we're, we're just kind of hanging out, I know a lot of folks would call me just Jamie. It's not Jamie. It's just, hey, Jamie. What's up, Jamie? Hey, Jamie. You know, it just kind of happens. It just develops along the way. Some friends, my, my mom, when I was growing up, she would never allow me to be called James. You're not James. You're Jamie. Yeah, I know. You're not James. You're Jamie. I know. And I would say, I'm not James. I'm Jamie. Who cares? But eventually, some dear friends, dear, dear friends, began to call me James. Suddenly, that wasn't so weird anymore because they're friends. And I still do today. When I see them, I'm like, hey, James, what's up? And it's just a, it's an, it's an honorary name. My favorite instructor in school, Rex, he called me J-Mo. That's all he ever called me. And Jordan and some of those guys have picked that up. And as we tell these stories, I'm suddenly become J-Mo. You know, it's just, uh, it's just something he called me. It was cool. Some friends call me Riles. My last name's Riley. J-Riz, which I tend to think probably fits well. Um, my nieces, starting with Abby, on, on my wife's side, began calling me when she was little. She couldn't say my name well, so I was JoJo. Because my mom thought I was going to be a girl, and she named me Jamie Joe. Most of you know that story already. And so if you know me and you're a lady, you tend to call me Jamie Joe, especially when I'm in trouble. And that's how that works. How's your name become a nickname? Just get in trouble. That's how that works. In Honduras, I'm gringo. And if I'm really in trouble with my mom or dad or was, I'm Jamie Joe Riley or with my wife. Names, nicknames identify you. You know who you are. When, when, when you hear the label, you're like, oh, man, you can't label me. I'm not just a consumer. I'm Jamie. I'm not just a minister. I'm Jamie. I don't have a minister card. I don't have a badge. I'm not putting, putting that thing out. I'm just a child of God. I want to do what I can do in him to serve and to love, and I'm terrible at it. So, therefore, one, I don't deserve the badge. Number two, you know, I respect and love what I get to do. Don't get me wrong. But there are three names today I want to tell you. There are many more in Scripture, but the three names I want to leave you with that I think this community thing we're after, the wonder of community, is very important for you, very important for me. And I think we struggle with all three of them. When we're in church together, like right now, there is no struggle at all. I mean, we're here right now. I'm going to drop this, and you're going to be like, yeah, sure, I knew that already. And then you're going to be like in your heart going, right. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't feel it. I know I should, but I don't typically live here. If you've wrestled with legalism in your life, if you've battled with earning your salvation, you definitely know that you don't feel these. If you also have fallen far, if you've lived in broken places, which most of us have, if you felt the betrayal, people betrayed you, or even worse, you've betrayed others, which most of us have, we understand the sting of some of these things and the idea that I don't fit and I don't belong. And so I'm just going to share these with you, the three names of, or terms of endearment given to you by God that say everything about your identity. If you breathe these in a bit today, if you hear them and hang on to them, uh, you will leave and, and everything will be a bit different for you. Hope will be renewed a bit. You'll feel a little stronger and stronger and stronger. But these are the places, the building blocks. And the first one is my child. 
you should go, that's what you should do, but you've heard this before, and so you just kind of sleep through it. If you want to know what God thinks about you and the name he has given you, the first name he gives you is my child. It's not, hey, you, oh, jerk, failure, fool, lost one, wanderer. You make me sick, those things. Whatever your latest struggle is, whatever you in your core, your broken nature defines yourself as, or even in your just lackadaisical life in Christianity, whatever you label yourself as, whatever you think, God doesn't see you like that unless you think this. And what God thinks of is that picture right there. You remember your kids. You know your grandkids. You know the kids you're dreaming of. You remember when you were just a child. You remember how your parents, when you walked through the house, picked you up and loved you and fed you. You know, there's images in Scripture in, in Hosea where God says, I led them with, human, with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. I took them by the hand and I bent down to feed them. The images of Jesus, right? The, the disciples are saying, get these kids out of here. We don't have time for this. And kids were zero in Jesus' time in that culture and everything. They're nothing. Families were not bent around them. You weren't chasing everywhere to watch them do whatever they did. It's like you do your work and do your thing. Maybe I'll feed you tonight. Not that bad. But anyway, the kids were nothing. And they're like, get away from Jesus. Get away from Jesus. He's like, bring them to me. And he picked every one of them up. He's holding these kids. He's loving these kids. He's telling them who they are. It's not just, it's not just a passage written on a page for you to brush over. He's doing something worthy of writing in Scripture. There was moments, there were times passing while it's going on. And we say, well, I know, how do I enter the kingdom? You've got to become like a little child. You've got to have a better attitude. You've got to play well with people. No, little children can do nothing for themselves. That's what you've got to remember. You can do nothing for you. You can do nothing for you. You can't save you. You can't feed you spiritually. You can't hope for yourself spiritually. you got nothing unless God brings it along. And so if you're his child, that's exactly what you are. If you've given yourself to him, you are his child. The baby, gagagoo. That's what you are. And wandering through the house looking for a little bit of food, one of my favorite memories of Kendall, and I, I've shared this so many times. It just it, it made me, it, it hit me that she knew she was our kid and she knew she belonged. She's like, one, I don't know, however, a kid, older when a kid could walk. I was probably 10, I don't know. But she was walking pretty young, you know, and she's wandering through the house and she just waddles through, and I'm like, just watching. Chris and I are just watching, see what she's gonna do. She goes by us into the kitchen, over to the snack door, pulls the snack door. Of course, it's got this child safety thing. Um, and she says, wobbling, almost ready to fall, knack, mama, knack, trying to pull that door open. Why? Because I'm your kid. I'm allowed to ask. I belong here. We fit together. I am your child. And she knew it. You got to grow up and be abused to not think you're a child anymore. And if you believe a Christianity that someone has chosen God as theirs and you're not his kid and they don't look at you as your kid, you as his kid, you've been abused. Something's terribly, terribly wrong here. When you can open the Bible and read from Genesis to Revelation and not see you're his child, you belong to him. You can't mess that up unless you just walk away because you're his child. You don't throw kids out of the family, not if you love. 
And nobody loves like Jesus. He even makes the point. How many of you, though you're evil, will give good gifts to your children? Well, let me tell you what I got for you. Why? Well, I mean, if you're my child. No, that's not what he says. He's making the point. You're my child. You're my child. You're my child. You're my child. I mean, you've got to read this thing and hear it right. For so long, we're reading this thing and just proof texting, whatever, to make sure we're in the right church, right religion, thinking right, being right in all times. God's sitting back going, you couldn't be right if you tried. You're my child. Now, shut up and listen to me for a little bit. You're my kid, and I love you. Read it again. You're my kid, and I love you. Read it again. You're my kid, and I love you. Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. Who lets his son die? For someone they don't love. Let's just die for someone they just not. Nah. He died so that all could be his children. Everyone. The identity that God thinks of when he thinks of you, if you have chosen him at all, is that you are his child. You're his child. You're God's child. You're his kid. Okay. Maybe I can't talk you into it. Remember... Um, First John, um, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, he was with God in the beginning. It's interesting, John, I was reading a writer, an, an author, he said that John is different because Matthew, Mark, Luke, you know, they hit this thing one way, but, you know, Jesus was traveling and all the multitudes followed him. Then he had, um, you know, like these people who doubted him really close to him, but then he had the disciples, some became apostles. Then he had Peter, James, and John who went to special places, Mount of Transfiguration, Raising Jairus' daughter. But then there's John. John who called himself the disciple who Jesus loves. And some are like, well, you know, he's just right now. But others are like, well, I think it's something. But here's Jesus on the cross. And who does he give his mother to? John. And, and, and this author, he says, you know, the, John saw Jesus not as an idea or as some religious person. But he, he saw him as a word in the flesh. A message of love to the world. Isn't that awesome? John, in the scripture, when you see it unfold, is saying, here's a message. It's God's love letter to the world. He came to that which was his own just a little bit later in the first chapter of John. But his own did not receive him, yet to those who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is you. Children not born of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will. We're going to have some kids, but born of God. You are his child. Okay, not convinced yet. How about Galatians? So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. For all you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. That's what you wear around. When God looks at you, well, you're wearing Jesus. Like, there's my boy. There's my girl. For all who are baptized in Christ have clothed themselves with Christ. How about in Galatians? They're neither Jew nor finishing. Sorry. They're neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Who are heirs? Children. Who, are, who, who gets the family stuff? One day, children who are, yeah, we, we, we know this, right? First John, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. This isn't a little bit of good love that God gave you. It's not a little bit of hope so stuff. It's like what great love the Father has lavished on us. What? You go to church. 
you might get to go to heaven one day. If you act right and morally behave well, maybe you'll be someone people call a good Christian and you might have a hope, hope so kind of chance of going to heaven when no. You're not ever going to be good enough. You're not ever going to be right enough. You're not going to be morally healthy enough. The deal is, the great love he's lavished on us is that we could be called children of God. And then with an exclamation point, he says, and that is what we are. Not like that. He's like, and that's what we are, okay? That's what you are. This is what scripture says. I'm making this up. If I was making it up, it'd be mean, way meaner than this. You'd have a bunch of stuff to jump through. The reason the world does not know him or don't know us is that they don't know him. And when someone tells you a different story than this about who you are, they don't know him either. When there's some kind of hoop or there's some kind of deal or you're just not good enough, they don't know him. Because you're never God's child because you're good enough or you went to the right place, did the right things, acted the right way. The move is here and here. It's a choice of faith to believe it or let it go. Keep trusting yourself to do the right things and act the right ways. And hopefully in those places, you'll be good enough, which he's always told us we're not. Or you can just accept, like Kendall did, knack, mama, knack, you belong here. You're a child of God. Now, you have a say in that. You don't have to be. There are times when you hear stories, horrible stories. Hey, what's up? My kids run away from home. What am I going to do? Oh, they don't want to be your kid. Authorities get involved. Why? Because it's not normal. It's wrong. Even society knows that when you belong to a family, you belong to a family. When a dad's a dad, he's your dad. And when your mom's your mom, she's your mom. Unless things fall apart. And the family falls apart. And the kid doesn't want to be there. Family doesn't. We know those heartbreaking stories. But the reality is in society, we know how this works. I don't mean to sound insensitive about this. But when it comes to spiritual things, where do we miss this? How do we miss this? How do we, all of a sudden, when it comes to God things, mm, he don't want me. I'm not good enough. Don't miss this. God is not like man. God loves deeply. He's better than us. The second name that he gives you is the body of Christ. The first one is individually. The second one is relationally or corporately. You are the body of Christ. You, all of you, and as you as a saved child of God, you are also part of the body of Christ. You belong there. Scripture calls it the bride of Christ. It says he's the head. We are the body. We live out what he's called to live out. See, it's important to know in knowing who you are that one of your names is body of Christ. You're not just whoever you're, you call yourself and a saved person and you go do your thing. No, you belong here with the body of Christ, you belong in the living, breathing organism, something that's serving and loving and caring and healthy. I got my head, but my, and my, my hand doesn't just get to say, I don't belong to you. I'm not going to do this anymore and go wherever it wants to go. It doesn't work. It's cut off. It's not healthy anymore. It's got to be part of this. It's got to stay tight with this. And then it goes wherever, and it just serves without thought. It's not like, I don't like that other hand. It's kind of stuck up and snotty. He kind of thinks he's better than me. Left hand's better than right hand. Not when you're ambidextrous. But anyway, that's not even a big deal. I don't like that foot, man. That foot's weird. It's big. I don't like those arms. Never mind. 
So anyway, you know where this goes, like there's all this stuff going on here, but you're the body of Christ. You, we are, as this family, as sunshine, we are his body. We're not lost. We're not showing up here just doing some exercise that doesn't matter. We come together as his body. We encourage one another. We, we edify one another, and we, in it we glorify God. That's how it works. Edify the body. Glorify God. That's how it works. So we, we come together, and we encourage one another. We support one another. And then in it, there's more in a moment, as we'll have a, a third word in a minute. But, but you're the body of Christ. It's a big deal. You're his child, and you're his body. Listen to what Scripture says in 1 Corinthians. God has put the body together, and this is what Josh read so well. He said, what are we going to do, read the whole Bible this morning? Thanks, Josh. You did a great job. God has put the whole body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body. God despises division, hates division, murmuring and talking, and I don't like what you're doing. I don't like how this goes. Remember last week, not you guys, we. It's not you guys. We're in this together, right? No division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other, all of us. The ground is level, as some would say, at the foot of the cross. Yes, it's on a hill. That's not the point. The point is, is that we're all in the same spot with Jesus. If one part suffers, every part suffers. I'll get a headache, and all my body just not go, oh, I just want to lay down for a while. You touch your retina, your feet don't want to go anywhere. You just all suffer together. If one part is honored, Every part rejoices with it. That's how it works. In Romans 12, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, or as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And if you ask about the pattern of this world, one of them would be individuality like never before. You're on your own. Do your thing. Get lost. Be, be whatever you are. You know, stay away. Live big in your own world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather, with, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and each of these do not all have the same function... So it is in Christ. We, though many, form one body. And here's the thing. And each member belongs to all the others. You're not yours. You're mine. Deal with it. If you want Jesus and you're his child, you're mine. And I'm yours. That's just how it is. I know you've never had it this good, but whatever. I'm kidding. So, so you look at all the guys that are so talented around here. So many people with so much ability, and what we end up doing is we come together, and everybody works together to form the body of Christ. I think every battery just fell out of that. To form the body of Christ. Sorry about your clicker, Jacob. Sorry, man. The whole body, right? And so, so we end up being where one is strong, another is weak. Where two are strong, two others are weak. However it works. And in all of this, we end up this incredible body of Christ. All of us belong to the other. That's a healthy spiritual 
entity. Whenever I'm struggling with something, and I know you're mine, and I just say, let's go. And you're struggling with something that God may have given me a gift at, and you say, Jane, I need you. It's time to show up. And we don't ask and wonder and doubt and get all weird, and I don't know if they care about me. I don't care. Maybe they don't. But they're the body of Christ. So they're going to learn to care, and they're going to serve. Because that's the call he's placed on us. What are you going to choose and pick? My dad, um, I remember when I was growing up, I've used this before, I just try to keep it quick here. But when I was you know, growing up, my, 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 you know, we had to go down a long driveway to get on the bus for school in the mornings. And I was always just kind of you know, behind hanging out with dad a little bit or behind. And my sister would already be down you know, waiting on the bus. You know, and sometimes my dad, she'd take off early enough, he didn't give her lunch money. And so he'd be like, give this money to your sister. Because, you know, you paid for your lunch. I don't know how you guys do it. But anyway, so, so give me your lunch money. I said, when I, got to, when I got to school and, you know, around the bus, I'd be like, hey, Laura, here's your lunch money. And, and, and the deal is, though, I would never have thought to keep my sister's lunch money for myself. It would never cross my mind. It, I, I mean, it would have been nice to have a little extra lunch money. I mean, I'm bigger than her. I get pretty hungry, but it's her lunch money. And my dad expected it. And as soon as she got home, in the morning, whatever, the conversation would come up. How was lunch or how was whatever? And my sister would say, I didn't have lunch money. And bro, you don't want that kind of trouble. (laughs) You do not want that. No way that, that that my dad's child was going to not have. But there's no way my dad's child's not going to have if my dad already provided through me. <laughs> if I kept it for myself, I would have been in so much trouble. I mean, the blessing, the love, the relationship, yeah, the, 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 the love and relationship would have been there. The discipline would have been as well. And I would not have liked that. Everyone belongs to one another. Uh, sometimes at campus ministry, I'll talk about the, the, the idea that, you know, we're talking about this, this illustration is be like, hey, you know, God, you try to help somebody out. And they're like, oh, man, it makes me feel weird. Well, God put some money in my wallet. and It's for you. It's not mine. That's what I got from that from my dad. Hey, sis, you know, my sister, you gave me some money. But it's yours. It's not mine. And everything in your wallet and everything in your bank account is not yours. And everything in mine is not mine. This is how the early church did it, man. They shared everything. And God's blessing on everyone meant that everyone was blessed and shared and were connected. Each one belongs to all the others. Now, I don't mean to say that everybody's bank accounts, everybody's bank accounts. That'd be a cool world. But it's not how it works. It's got another word for that anyway. But the deal is that we all share, we all share our strengths, our gifts. We are all part of the body. We all belong to one another. It's a huge deal that we step into this. It's a big deal that you understand you are God's child. The only way you could do something about it is to say, I'm not doing this anymore and walk away from him. Now, I'm not saying, there's a lot of things I'm not saying. I'm not saying you can't wreck that thing or walk out of it. You can. But God is really good at keeping his children healthy. He says something in and Jude, now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To him be the glory. He's the Savior. He's the one that keeps us saved and safe and healthy. But we are the body and we got to stay in the body. We got to know those things. 
And the last one, and we'll move pretty quickly here. Because you're, because you're his child and because you are in the family, you are his ambassador. I live this place in my family a lot, and you have too. Tell so-and-so that I'll be over to do whatever. I don't know. Maybe you haven't. Maybe. But my dad, man, expected me to be an extension of him, and I lived it well. I mean, I better live it well. I had to live it whether I lived it well or not. When my dad sent a story somewhere, I better tell the story. That's just how he was. I'm my dad's son. My dad expected me to live a certain way. And God has called you. He, one, saved you, made you his child. Two, he says, you're in my family. You're my body. And three, I have a story for you. Because you're saved and because you're my body, here's how we live. Author says, uh, Brendan Manning says he was at a, at a um, retreat uh, with some men from his church. And he was telling a story of, of um, Abraham where God called him to offer Isaac. And when he, when he tells the story and he gets to the point where the, you know, he's getting ready to sacrifice him and the ram is there in the thicket, he says, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? And quickly, a middle-aged man raises his hands. He says, yes. He says, I'm, I think I need to find another church of me and my family immediately. And he's thinking, wow, does the Bible offend you? <laughs> and, he, and, and the Old Testament stories bother you? He's like, no, um... A God that is so holy and honorable and powerful and mighty, if he can call these kinds of things from us because that's exactly what he's going to do with his son, I would expect the church to honor him as well. And if this church doesn't honor this holy God, I don't want to be here. No, we know Old Testament. We know Jesus and sacrifice. We know what the story of Abraham and Isaac are, is about. But the reality is the honor for God, the holiness that we attribute to him, if he has called us child and he has said we belong in his body, then the thing would be to do is to live as family for him. And this is what he says. In, in, he's, he's called us saved in 2 Corinthians 5. He's called us saved. He's called us those, he's, you know, set apart. We are a new creation is what it says. And then he says, this is from God who reconciled himself through Christ and reconciled to himself through Christ and reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So, so we are we're his child, we're his body, we're ambassadors. We're the ones who go share this message. Jesus has left this to us. So how will we do that kind of stuff? He says, we implore you on Christ. We have to be reconciled to God because he made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Then him we might be the righteousness of God. He, he made you fit. He made you belong. He made you his child. Yes. Body. Yes. Ambassador for sure. So how do I, be, how do, I do this? You live like a child of the one true king. You live like the child who was truly saved, who was truly free of this place. I don't belong here, though I am here. And so I live like one who belongs to him, not to everything that falls, comes through in the world today. Live as one who belongs to the family called the body of Christ. Live, live and serve as one who belongs to the family called the body of Christ. These things, okay, listen, living like a child of the one true king, I don't know how to tell you that. You live your world every day. 
You're the one that goes to work where you go to work, goes to school where you go to school. You do the things you do. But I know what the heart of this message is. And to live and serve as one who belongs in this family, I don't go, I don't go where you go. I don't do what you do. But I do know this. We represent God and one another. And the power of our freedom and beauty in Christ means we serve in this way. And the last one, that we tell everybody, God's got a name for you. He's got a name for you. It changes everything. When you feel lost, he calls you my child. When you feel hopeless, he calls you my child. When he says, I don't belong anywhere, he calls you his body, his church. He's got a place for you. But the deal is, if all you do is, I mean, you, you, you go to work and your job is the kind of job there's really no work to do, do you feel like you belong there? If you're in a family and nothing's expected of you, you know, the maturity says, you know what, I want to be a part and I want to serve in here. And so God says this, you know, I've got a name for you. I've got a place you belong. I've also got a job for you. Job part? I wasn't signed up for that. Well, if you belong here, you got a job. You get to serve and you get to do and you get to care. Listen, if you're struggling with this stuff in any way, we all struggle with it. I know some of you are going to go home tonight and wonder, are you really a child of God? You're going to go home, people aren't going to maybe get to the back door before you get out of here, and you're going to wonder if you really belong here. And you're going to either, even if you believe both of them, you go home and you don't start serving and doing, you don't find it in yourself and the Lord to do something for somebody to give hope, you're going to doubt your position here. It's not earning your salvation, it's a reality. So if you struggle in, these, in any of this in any way, if you come forward, an elder will come be with you, pray with you, encourage you, and say, I struggle the same way. And if you've not given to your, your life to God, if you've not been baptized into him, this could be your day. We know why we do this. Jesus, in his whole story, you know, came and served, gave himself away in heaven, came here, lived a life of perfection, loving, serving, dying. And in his death, he died for you and for me. He submitted himself to the cross. And just like that, we submit ourselves and we die in this water of baptism and we're raised to a new life in him. If you battle with anything, if you're not a child of God today, this can be yours. Whatever you desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's divide. Things that are higher, things that are lower, these have learned my
morning, sunshine. Good to see everyone here this morning. Uh, if you're visiting with us, we're glad that you're here. Um, if you have a few minutes afterwards, stick around. We'd love to uh, spend some time with you and, and meet you and um, in fellowship a little bit. So, um, like I said, it's really good to be here. Good to see everyone here this morning. Um, I've got a few announcements before we leave this afternoon for uh, for our afternoon. If you didn't get a chance, uh, yeah. PJ, uh, it's really good to see you here this morning. Thank you for your words. And uh, I had a, had a mark here in my bulletin this morning to, to, uh, to let everyone know that you were here and the things that you've gone through and the way that you live your life is, uh, is definitely an encouragement to us, and we love you uh, for that. So it's really good to see you here this morning, PJ. <clears throat> um, like I was saying, if you didn't get a chance, pick up a bulletin on your way out. I'm going to try to hit... Uh, a few of the uh, announcements in the bulletin and give you some updates. Um, as far as our prayer requests go, um, it is a blessing to see PJ here this morning. Um, uh, he uh, made it through his surgery well and, uh, and is doing well. So we're really happy that you're here with us this morning, PJ. He didn't have his surgery. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's, uh, we'll definitely be praying for that. So, last I re report I had was that you were uh, at OSU getting ready for a heart valve replacement. So, but it's good to see you this morning, PJ. Um, so, uh, Clyde and Penny, Penny's here with us this morning. It's good to see her this morning. Clyde's still over at Best Care, uh, recuperating over there, trying to get stronger so that he can get home. So I know that he would appreciate visitors. If, uh, if you had a few minutes, you can stop over and see Clyde at Best Care up on Dogwood Ridge. So um, Teresa, uh, Jeff gave me an update on Teresa this morning, said that she's just finished her third uh, chemo treatment and is doing well, uh, a little tired, and uh, the things that go along with that. Um, but continue to remember um, Teresa and Jeff and their family uh, as she goes through uh, what she's doing. I know that uh, that, that is much appreciated. So uh, we did get an update on uh, Chris Jennings. This is Jack and Janie Jennings' uh, son this week. Um, Chris still has his brain cancer. He is no longer uh, in taking chemotherapy, though. He is uh, in a clinical trial with some other uh, type of treatments and uh, his prognosis uh, has changed a little bit. Um, they're giving him a little bit more time. And so uh, they want us to continue to pray for Chris and this new treatment that he's going through and hoping that, uh, that uh, the cure is still out there for his, uh, for his cancer. So continue to remember Chris and Jack and Janie in your prayers. Um, also, uh, to add to our prayer list, uh, Jim McGraw, which uh, a lot of you know uh, here in the Memphis area, 
uh, was diagnosed with, with lung cancer recently. So, so keep him and his family in your prayers as well. Um, that's all the updates that I have on our prayer list, unless anybody has uh, any others. So. Um, and then uh, some great, uh, great news. Um, down at the bottom uh, left of your page, you'll see where uh, Bill and Kara Deacon uh, uh, had their baby, um, and this was, I think, Monday, February 6th. I'm not sure what day that is, but eight pounds, two ounces. And so we'd like to uh, congratulate Bill and Kira on their uh, new baby girl, Amelia Amy Rose Deacon. And I know that Dave and Melinda um, are, are happy and, uh, and uh, for, uh, for, their big, for her big brother, Robert, remember them. Um, as they, I'm sure that we'll see them soon, but that's great news. And then also I noticed that uh, Linus Clay Book is here with us this morning for the first time. Uh, Jacob and Caitlin and Rich and June and their family are all back there. Uh, so make sure that you uh, get a chance to take a look at uh, what the books have there. So, And he's just uh, a week or maybe a week and a half old, so... Um, but it's good to, good to see them here this morning. So a lot of, uh, lot of new blessings uh, coming, coming along our way. So um, vacation, there's, a, there's an announcement. This is the first time I've seen it in the bulletin uh, for Vacation Bible School. That's June the 17th through the 21st. So make sure and put that on your calendars. Mark those dates. That's always a, a huge thing going on here. Um, Winter Jam is coming up. There's still a sign-up list. I think Wednesday is the last day to sign up. For Winter Jam, Tim says, yes, Wednesday is the last day to sign up for that. There's quite a few names on that already. Uh, I'd say that that'll be time for them to start purchasing the tickets after Wednesday. So, um, Winterfest is this coming weekend. Jamie already an announced it. I think there's about 40 or 45 of us heading down to Gatlinburg. So make sure and keep us uh, in our trip in your prayers as we travel down that way. Um, the, uh, there's an announcement in the bulletin for um, the ladies' tea party. That's going to be April the 13th um, here at the church building at 1 o'clock. So there's a lot of good information in there on that. So take a look at that. Um, and then um, tonight, tonight after Bible study, we'll have our Bible study at 6 o'clock tonight here at the building. We'll have a little time of worship. And then our Bible study, and then after Bible study, um, we're having a Super Bowl party here at the church. So we'd like for everyone to plan to be here for that, to hang out a little bit after, after worship tonight um, and uh, watch the Super Bowl. If you're not interested in the Super Bowl, I know a lot of you probably aren't, um, bring a board game and just plan to come and hang out and eat and have a good time with us tonight. So um, bring an appetizer or your favorite snack or finger food or whatever. That is, it's going to be a good time. Um, the uh, Midwestern Children home, Children's Home uh, item for February is shampoo and cream rinse, and we're collecting that back at the Welcome Center. So, yes? Okay, Sharon Howell. I knew that was coming up, but I wasn't real sure when that was. But make sure and, and keep Sharon in your prayers as well, so as she's home recovering this morning. So, yes? Paul Harris was recent recently diagnosed with uh, congestive heart failure, 
and he's up in King's Daughters. And I know that uh, those of you who uh, are on the prayer chain list uh, have seen that, and uh, and I failed to mention that this morning. But continue to remember Tamara and, and Paul in your prayers. Um, he's up at King's Daughters uh, Medical Center. Anybody else that I've forgotten about or missed? Okay, if you would, if you'll stand with me. Um, we'll be uh, dismissed in prayer this morning. <clears throat> God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the reminder, uh, dear Lord, that we are your child. Dear Lord, that we uh, belong to you. Dear Lord, that we're part of your body. And dear Lord, that we're also ambassadors of yours. Dear Lord, I pray that as we go into our, our day-to-day lives this week, dear Lord, that we remember that. We remember that you love us, dear Lord, that you... Um, sent your son to die for each and every one of us. Thank you so much for the time this morning uh, that we could gather around your table, dear Lord, that we can um, remember uh, Jesus's body and his blood and the gift of love that you've given us through him, dear Lord. For all those that are mentioned here this morning, for Marty, uh, for, um, for Paul, for um, Sharon, for Clyde, dear Lord, for PJ, Teresa, for Chris, for Jim McGraw, Dear Lord, for all those um, that I've mentioned and all those that I've forgotten about and all those that are hurting, dear Lord, that, uh, that we know are out there, I pray, your hand of, um, I pray your hand of encouragement on them, dear Lord. I pray your hand of healing, and I pray that, uh, that you uh, watch over them and bless them and their families. Thank you so much for uh, the gift of new life, dear Lord, as we've announced here this morning. Dear Lord, in the blessing of a new day tomorrow, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.